0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. If you have a child in early learning, I want to take you back to that first day you dropped them off. It was hard, wasn't it? Hard to let go of your child, hard to believe that someone else could care for them the way you care for them, hard not to worry about whether they would feel happy and safe. Every child has the right to an early education that is full of fun, learning, and security. We all want our kids to belong. But what happens if your child is different? Maybe they think differently or look different to their classmates somehow. Does that make you worry more? Red Ruby Scarlet is an early childhood educator who says that as adults, we could all be doing more to help children understand and accept difference. Hi, Red. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Siobhan. What kinds of things might a child notice is different about another child? From a very early age,
1: children are noticing difference through every single sense. So you know as a parent that they they know your smell as their primary parents or caregivers. So that's one of the first experiences of difference I guess. But of course children have all of their senses going all at once. So they're looking, they're touching, they're smelling, they're sensing, tasting. So those kind of sensory experiences aren't separate from how they understand themselves and how they understand differences in other humans and also animals and
0: anything else in the world around them. I'm just wondering, because you're very good at looking through the eyes of a child, do other children take offence if someone, if another child, like I'm just thinking there's an interaction and the kid says, oh, you've got different coloured skin to me, or they're just stating the obvious, are children accepting of that kind of brutal honesty, observation, whatever it might be, because they're the same, or is it something that we need to talk to kids about so that they are conscious of how they make other children feel? I think it's a little bit of both. So there can be some
1: circumstances where children will point out obvious differences, skin colour, eye shape, the smell of other children. Also, they'll comment on the way children are dressed, so the the markers of gender, for example, or, you know, if, if a girl has short hair or if a boy has long hair. Uh, Children will notice those kinds of things because what we develop over the very early, early years of our life, and there's lots and lots of research that shows this, is that children will notice those differences and measure themselves and each other against, I guess, this idea of what we think is normal. Because if we didn't have a normal, we wouldn't worry about differences. And so there are times when children will blatantly state, are you a boy or a girl? Why is your skin brown? Then there's the other kind of statement or question that is, uh, you can't play with me because you have black skin, or you can't play with me because you talk funny or you smell funny, or you can't play with me because you don't have a pink sparkly dress. So there's, there's two kinds of layers to how children are engaging with
0: difference, I guess. I don't want to shame my kid if they've said something that I think is unkind, but I also don't want them to think it's okay. So how do we as adults help kids when in their heads they're just being honest and we're teaching them to be honest? How do we do that? Is that something you see as um, both educators and adults working together on or is it something you think that parents can start off in the home? The easiest
1: way is to find a shared starting point. And we know that children understand the idea of fairness very early on. So when they say, that's not fair, or they, they did something that wasn't fair. So using the idea of fairness and unpacking that, I think is, you know, building that into their language, I think is quite important because it's something that we all understand. And I guess you then get to, as children get older because children have quite sophisticated understandings of difference. So thinking about what's fair and unfair, whether it's a broad thing around we include everybody or whether it's a specific incident to say, "Mm, I wonder if that person would think it's fair if we asked that question or I wonder if that person would think it's fair if we said you can't play because you've got black skin. So rather than correcting children because then it falls into like managing behaviour, which we know never really gets us anywhere. <laughs> I think engaging with a question just to get them thinking, oh, yeah, maybe that's not fair. And oh, what, what if somebody asked me that question? Would, would that make me feel excluded or would that make me feel uncomfortable? And I think the other important piece to that idea of fairness is it's not just that we are here to include everybody else. It's that we want children to have really strong identities about themselves but also enjoy the diversity of other children in their worlds or other people in their worlds. So I think it's that reciprocity about how do we develop this really strong sense of fairness for children and for all of their peers and all of their family and all of the other people around them.
0: And I really like that idea of fairness as opposed to saying, Is that really kind or is that unkind? Because that still steers a child towards feeling that maybe they're being mean, and it and it was completely unintentional on their part. But to use the word fair or unfair kind of takes it in a different direction, and I really I quite like that because sometimes I struggle with that with my kids because I don't, you know, I know they're not mean at heart, but I want them to be thinking about what they're saying. Mm. And fairness seems to take it out of that realm of shaming well and truly.
1: Yeah, I I guess... You know, to, to put my little academic hat on for a minute, it's the difference between psychological ways of engaging, which would be is that kind or unkind because it's got all of that emotion attached to it. When you're using fairness, we're thinking more about social structures. So how are we, who are we in our society? And that for children, their society is their early learning centre or their school or their play group, or, you know, they're, when they get together and have parties or at the park, they're their social settings. And so what does fairness like look like for With familiar people, what does it look like with unfamiliar people? And also I think the other part is posing it as a question gives children the opportunity to reflect on that. So reflection isn't just something that we use, you know, in the education business. It's actually something that we can practice with children in a way where they can do some thinking. And they then relate that to the experience of, well, if it is unfair, I might feel sad about it, I might feel upset, I might feel excluded. And I guess the longer term impact from an educational perspective is we know that if children don't feel good about themselves or if they they don't, if they feel excluded, that's going to impact on their learning.
0: And I just want to go back to something you said earlier about children who do have a difference, wanting them to have their own language, their own sense of identity, their own um, developing sense of self, I'm just wondering if you'd mind if we could go through a couple of situations where you might be able to give us some practical examples of how we as adults can guide our children in that setting so that we are helping a child that is different rather than labeling them or, you know, potentially saying the wrong thing. Mm. Can I throw a few situations at you and you tell me what you think we could do? Sure. Okay. So... Um, This is one that I think is really tricky and I have seen it happen in a few different environments. What if a child is aggressive and you know that they're aggressive because they are on the spectrum? How do we deal with that as parents to help our kids understand but also allow them to have their own boundaries in that? There's two parts to that. The first
1: thing is acknowledging the experience so whether your child is experiencing the aggression which must be dealt with immediately or whether the child is witnessing that that's happening immediately that will raise raise a question for them why is he doing that or why is he why did he do that to me so it's acknowledging the encounter that there was something imbalanced going on there. But the next thing is to say, sometimes we don't know why people do things, or sometimes people's brains are different, or sometimes children think differently, or sometimes they've had a bad morning. So it's not that you want to make an excuse for unacceptable behaviour by any stretch of the imagination. But I think it's shifting from behaviour to what is this child's social world look like? And how does that world then impact the way they interact? So If we go then back to that was unfair Um, and fairness is tricky sometimes because this is the way that person communicates. So I guess it's breaking it down with children so that there's an acknowledgement of what they feel in that encounter or how they experience that encounter. But then there's also an explanation of difference sometimes makes things happen like children being aggressive.
0: What if, Um, you have a child who's deaf in your class? Uh, It's hard to kind of
1: generalise. I guess Mm. the beautiful thing about early childhood education is that it's pretty inclusive anyway and we're framed by, you know, our our national curriculum is all about having a strong sense of identity because that's how you become a successful learner. So if you know that you have a a child, a non-hearing child in your class, then there are a whole lot of things in play. The obvious things would be that people would learn sign sign the obvious things would be, and children kind of, you know, humans generally use sign anyway in our mannerisms, especially me, I'm Irish and Italian, but I think it's, yeah, looking at very, very practical, intimate things of what's going on. So you can say to children, maybe that child didn't hear you, so let's find another way for you to talk to them or let's find another way for you to express how you feel or that you thought something wasn't fair. In the same vein, to if the, child, the deaf child is experiencing something, it's then looking at how that particular child communicates to be able to say that wasn't fair or that made me feel bad or I felt excluded.
0: Is it ever appropriate as adults to acknowledge the difference and then sort of make it normal, I guess? Like I'm trying to think of if a child um, says, oh, you know, so and so can't hear properly, or so and so is aggressive, and you do that explanation. But then you say, Yeah, but we're all different, aren't we? Or should we be celebrating that difference it's a little bit of both the 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 upside of saying we're all different plants
1: that seed for children once again to reflect on we're all different aren't we and so then they're noticing differences and and understanding the the complexity of that the problem with difference is that not all differences are equally valued and some differences require more help more support more guidance than others I guess thinking about how children themselves want to identify. So the way that teachers might identify children, or even parents might identify children, can sometimes be different from the way that children identify. For example, I taught two gorgeous twins when they were three in preschool. They were both deaf, and one of them loved his hearing aids so that he could, you know, participate, etc., etc. The other child didn't want to have hearing aids, didn't want to be hearing. And to this day, those children are now teenagers. One child had ended up having a cochlear implant and the other was really strong in in his deaf identity. And so that's how he participates in, in the world as a deaf person so that the deafness isn't a deficit, it isn't a difference from. And I really mm-hmm. love that example because it's a prompt for us to think about, hmm, gosh, do do we position differences in particular kinds of ways? And how can maybe we reflect on how we name them or talk about them rather than, I guess, having a a standard strategy for the deaf child or the transgender child
0: or the Aboriginal child or the, you know, Vietnamese child? I actually think we don't do it well. (laughs) And I know modelling is such a big thing for our kids. So, Also, if we don't know how to model it, how will they know how to behave? And if we aren't modeling it, but we find the language, how do we expect our children to follow what we're saying? I'm just wondering if you can think of anywhere, anywhere that a a parent, an adult can go to get more educated about this stuff and and start to embody the change themselves so that they can help their kids?
1: What a fabulous question, Siobhan. (laughs) I I think that you and I are on the same page with this. We're both asking the same question. And I guess, you know, the the particular language that we use in early childhood are anti-bias approaches. And whilst there are lots of stories over many, many years of how educators have engaged with families... What I'm working on at the moment is actually a translation of this for families in consultation with families so that there's that kind of shared understanding. It's not the you know professional language that gets in the way of going how do we create this beautiful inclusive world because I've never ever met a family who doesn't want their child and all the children around them to have to be successful learners to have a beautiful life to feel included to, to feel very proud and strong about who they are and so based on that premise we think well how are we talking about this because this very question comes up all the time so I think that moving to that idea of fairness is a really good starting place And I think being able to express it in a language that's really clear and makes sense to people.
0: Well, I look forward to seeing the results of that. I'm sure you will tell me when it's done and we can share it with the audience. Red, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks,
1: Siobhan. Pleasure to be with you.
0: That's early learning educator Red Ruby Scarlett. I'll put a link to her website if you'd like to get more information. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast.